From Blackfoot to Teton, we've got your District 6 breakdown right here on the East Idaho PrepCast with Lance Taylor. That's right, another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, your weekly breakdown for everything Districts 5 and 6 in the state of Idaho. The East Idaho PrepCast is brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast. There's Lance with those awesome sunglasses, and Lance... I too have a pair of pure. Oh yeah! Chains. Oh yeah! Yeah! Look at that! Looks yeah, good. We got different styles on today. You got the Beastlies; those are our biggest sellers. I got the Twitch. Of course, you can get those at all good to go stores. You can pick them up also at Ron's Motorsports. At at uh, uh, let's see, Bill's Bike and Run. Who else? Pocatello Power Sports. You can get them. You can also get them up at Golden Spike Power Sports in Ashton. That's awesome. The list just keeps growing, Lance, which is great. No doubt. All right. Well, we're going to dive right into it. Boys basketball uh, state tournaments were last week. We'll talk a little wrestling at the end as well. We never really got a chance to talk about what happened at state wrestling because we had our big boys basketball preview show last week, our live show. And I thought that went really well. Uh, Lance, you were on the call for the 3A state tournament. Not much happened for East Idaho teams over there. So let's, I think the biggest story for East Idaho from this past week has to be Hillcrest winning its first ever state championship in boys basketball. It came in the 4A title game over another East team. It was an all-East final, Hillcrest over Pocatello in a game that was never really close. I mean, Hillcrest just hit the ground running and and dominated. Yeah, we we knew going into that game that that really uh, Pocatello had no answer for Isaac Davis. That's what they didn't have an answer for, which required that when he got it inside – they had to drop down double team him, things like that. And what that did is just left outside players open just to nail threes. And he's such a great passer, soft hands. Uh, uh, he was able to get those passes in, or back out to his players for open three-pointers. Uh, it, I mean, we knew that there were going to be probably more stars than were in the sky that had to align in order for uh, for Pokey to win that game. That's not a knock on Pokey. Pokey has a very good team. Uh, it's just the balance that a Isaac Davis adds to a, to a Hillcrest was just, uh, untouchable. Yeah. And the emotion, uh, because we, you know, I was in amongst the Hillcrest fans and I did a post game interview with Kobe Kessler, the great sophomore guard, the Idaho sports.com player of the game for that for a championship game. And while I was waiting for the team to emerge from the tunnel, uh, you could see all of this emotion from the Hillcrest fans. There was joy. There was there were tears. There were people that had waited their whole lives to see Hillcrest win win a championship. Yeah, so it was really right. cool. That's yeah. right. I mean, and, and and Hillcrest they were consistent all year long. You know, their only losses came uh, to a couple Utah teams early on. One of them was an Orem team that, that at one point was ranked as high as twenty two in the nation. Um, a team that actually was played very well by by a Marsh Valley team as well uh, from 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 East Idaho. But Hillcrest was just consistent. You know, they they had not played any of the four A state qualifiers going into the state tournament, but they had five games against five A qualifiers in the state tournament and won all those games. So, yeah, they were good. I heard a Hillcrest fan say behind me, sort of tongue in cheek, you know, all it took was us uh, winning. 24 games in a row or 23 games in a row because they lost two of their first three um, and then they didn't lose again. So, yep. Yep. That was down at that Utah tournament. And uh, yeah, they're, they're a very good team. They're a very good team. In fact, to be honest with you, I think the only team in the state that would consistently 
be there with them is probably Lapway. Um, Lapway, very good. Yeah, they were a lot of fun to watch for sure. So yeah, Hillcrest finishes the year 25 and two. They defeat Pocatello in the championship 75 to 46. But what an accomplishment for Pocatello. They came in, you know, we weren't even sure they were going to be at state, not because they're not good, but because their district is so talented. And after yeah. losing the century twice in the regular season, they beat the Diamondbacks when it counted at districts and they, they lived on the edge at state, Lance. They beat Burley 45-44. They beat Jerome in the semis 75-72. And there, I mean, they just ran into a juggernaut of Hillcrest. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Pocatello did a great job. You know, I mean, the, the thing we were saying all year long was that it was a shame that only one team was going to come out of that conference because you have perennial power Preston in that conference, which is pretty much there every year. For them to miss the playoffs is almost like Duke missing the NCAA tournament, you know. Uh, and then, uh, you know, with with uh, uh, Century, very, very good team as well and Preston, it was just a shame that all three of those couldn't be in the tournament, but you know what? That's the way it is. And, uh, uh, Pocatello took care of it and they got to the tournament. They did what it took to get to the tournament. And despite, you know, the lopsided affair in the championship, you know, Pocatello was nothing to be ashamed of. They had a great yeah. overall season as well. In fact, their win loss record, uh, pretty similar to Hillcrest's. I think they finished the year with four losses. Yeah. 23 and four. And yeah. one of those was to Lake City, uh, yeah. which was a good 5A program. So, yeah, congratulations to both of the teams uh, representing East Idaho at the 4A state tournament. And so the all-tournament teams were released yesterday as well, Lance. And on that 4A team, uh, probably no surprise to anybody, but Isaac Davis, the great sophomore center for Hillcrest, MVP of the tournament, 18.3 points per game, 12.3 rebounds per game, and still managed to dish out 1.7 assists per game as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, very good, very well deserved. Uh, Kessler Vaughn of Pocatello won the sixth man award for the 4A tournament. Uh, his play uh, really, you know, he was a midseason call up to the varsity team and just got more and more playing time as the year went on. And yeah, another, his father, his father uh, I grew up with his father, he was a bit younger than me, grew up with his father in Malad. Uh, his father was a great player as well. Uh, went to uh, played at Ricks College and then up at Black Hill State, uh, in North Dakota. Yeah. Or South Dakota. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kessler Vaughn at Pocatillo wins the sixth man award. Um, on the first team, three of the four or three of the five spots go to East Idaho. Cooper Kessler of Hillcrest, Julian Bowie, and Ryan Payne, both of Pocatello, all made the first team uh, all tournament team. Um, and then you had on the second team, Kobe Kessler of Hillcrest. And then on the honorable mentions, uh, you didn't have anybody because all of <laughs> it was all stacked towards the top. But man, what a great run for both Pocatillo. Yeah. Yep. And um, Hillcrest. The other big story from state uh, this past week, and I think has to be another school winning its first state championship in boys basketball history. And that was Rockland at the 1A D2 level. Lance, this was, I thought, the best game of the day. And it was the first game of the day on Super Saturday. It was a tight game with Camas County in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another Malad connection there, Coach Neal was. Uh on those last two Malad state championship teams under Terry Jones, uh, as well. And so, yeah, Rockland boys and girls, uh, won it this year. Excellent job for Rockland. Proud of them. Proud of Rockland. Yeah. They, they won 53 to 51 over Camas County. Brigham Perman made the game winning free throws, uh, with less than 20 seconds to play. He, he drove on the baseline and a, a kid from Camas stood in and tried to take the charge, but it was, it was ruled a block in a tie ball game and Perman went to the line and, and sank the two biggest free throws of his life. And 
Um, much well-deserved for Rockland. You keep talking about all these Malad guys, Lance, and Malad's thinking, can we get one of those guys to come back here at two Malad? That's right. To go? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> They've a had a real connections there. Yeah, but for, for Rockland, they had a nice run uh, to the championship. Um, you know, they almost didn't get there because not only did they win the championship in tight fashion, but they won the semifinals in overtime over Carey, right. 63 to 62 in, right. a, in a very tight battle also. Yeah, yeah, no easy task for 1A Division II. Uh, that was a that was a battle all the way through, for sure. Yeah, and then North Gem was also at state at the 1A D2 level. They won the consolation yeah. um, title. So in that in that consolation final on Saturday against Kendrick, they won 86 to 37. Lance, did you see what North Gem did in the second half of that game? I did, I, I did not. I just heard, but I I did not see. I, they they started the third quarter on like a 21 to nothing run over yeah, Kendrick and, and they scored 38 points in the third quarter alone. Ooh. I mean, that's that's insane. Oh, North Jim. But, you know, North Jim's had a good year. They've had a good year in sports in general. You know, their football team was a very good football team as well in the eight man division of Division two or Division uh, or one eight Division two. Just did a great job. Uh, I have a lot of roots there. My grandmother was born and raised in Bancroft. And my mom started her elementary school there uh, before they moved back to the farm in Malad. And and uh, I'm just proud of little Bancroft, Idaho, the Cowboys. No doubt. So the all-tournament selections for Rockland and North Gem, Teague Matthews of Rockland was the MVP of the tournament, 19.7 points per game, 11.3 rebounds per game. So like Isaac Davis, he averaged a yeah. double-double. Yeah. Uh, the sixth man award went to Brandon Neal of Rockland. Uh, six. How about this off the bench? 6.3 points per game, but 8.3 rebounds per game off the bench. That's huge for Rockland. Yeah, yeah, it um, is. Brigham Perman, the hero of the championship game, made the first team, all-tournament team as well and then for north gem you had chase low make the first team and you had ransom cooper make the second team and then you had bridger hatch earn honorable mention and those are all seniors which is the bummer part for north gem they're losing a lot of good players yep yep they are well you know typically on 1a d1 1a d2 rosters you'll usually have a lot of underclassmen a lot of freshmen uh sophomores and things like that so but but when you see the very top teams typically what you have is those teams that have a lot of seniors <laughs> that have gone through there and have been able to stick with the program. And as soon as they leave, you kind of, you typically find yourself in rebuilding mode. Definitely. Well, let's switch now to, uh, so those were our two champions, Rockland and Hillcrest. Uh, congratulations to both of them. I think the next biggest story from state in terms of East Idaho basketball was Marsh Valley get knocked off by Kimberly in the 3A semifinals. And this was the tournament that you were on the call for, Lance. So you're really going to be able to speak to this. But Marsh Valley came in as the number one seed overall. And I think most people in some order would say Marsh Valley, McCall Donnelly, Snake River. Those are the, the main contenders. And yet it was Kimberly um, who seemingly came out of nowhere with one of the great defensive tournaments of all time to, to win the title over McCall Donnelly. Well, I've said all year long, and I even said in our pre-tournament show, the, the best athletes in 3A uh, were on Kimberly. That's your best athletes. You know, you got a couple college-bound decathletes, you know. Uh, and so what do good athletes allow you to do? They allow you to play great defense and to keep games low scoring. You know, they don't have necessarily as much, you know, offensive power. 
as uh, as like a Marsh Valley has, but because of those great athletes, they can play lockdown defense and make it very difficult for teams to score. And that's exactly what happened is, uh, you know, they locked them down. And then we saw it again in the state championship game against against McCall, you know, as DJ Green is used to being able to go one on one as he would like with players. He, he couldn't do that. Jackson Bear was on him and he just couldn't get one on one going. You know, and, and if you don't have a plan to kind of score within the offense, you know, uh, through setting picks and so forth with him, then it's awfully, awfully tough. But, you know, I, I had people say, well, the 3A game was the most boring state championship game. Well, that's because it was a defensive championship game. You know, I mean, it's like watching a, a couple of ground attackers in an MMA match. You know, people, you know, they like the punches, they like the knockouts. And and unless you really appreciate the game of, of the ground attack, <laughs> you know, you might find it boring. Well, I love defense. I love good defensive play. So I found the game to be very exciting. Well, and Kimberly set a new state record for fewest points allowed in a single game at the 3A tournament in that championship. 22. They only allowed yeah. 22 to McCall Donnelly. So so let's talk about, you know, Marsh Valley and Snake River both got to the semifinals, both lost. Uh, Snake River had the tougher outcome. They lost in overtime to McCall Donnelly, 54 to 52. Yeah, what was, double what was, overtime. Oh, excuse me, uh, double overtime. Okay. Uh, well, or no, no, excuse me. Excuse me. That, pardon me. They did lose in overtime. They won in double overtime the first night. Lost in double or lost in <laughs> overtime the second night. Yes. So so they beat Homedale in the opener, fifty-one fifty in double overtime, and then they lost to McCall Donnelly in overtime, fifty-four fifty-two. Weren't they tangled up in an overtime game at state uh, in twenty twenty-one as well, Lance? They, they were as well. They, uh, you know, the 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 thing that hurt Snake River. Snake River very well could have and probably should have been in that state championship game against Kimberly, but they were only 50% from the free, from the free throw line. They really struggled to hit free throws. And, uh, and you took him a call team that ended up being, you know, 16 for 18 from the free throw line, 13 for 13 for, uh, uh, for DJ green. And although, or pardon me, 11 of those 13 were in the fourth quarter where he went 11 for 11. And it's tough to win a ball game when you only shoot 50% from the free throw line, especially when you consider a game that was that close what one or two of those could have made on a difference. Yeah, that's a bummer for sure. And then and then Marsh Valley getting knocked out by Kimberly by 10, 46 yeah. to 36, I think raised a lot of eyebrows. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was it was a little bit closer than that, you know, they kind of had an extra couple buckets there towards the end. It was more of like a anywhere from 2 to 6 point game for most of it. But the lockdown defense again and the rebounding by Kimberly, you know, they just went in and they just hounded those boards. Uh it was, uh, you know, Gatlin Bear, uh, the leaper, uh, a sophomore, just just really hounded the boards and just made it tough for Marsh Valley, you know, and didn't give Marsh Valley those open looks offensively that they usually, you know, get as well. And and, and that's the thing that you ask of your players when they go out. You're not going to hold anybody scoreless, but you got to make them earn every bucket they get. And if you're making them earn every bucket they get, then you're going to stop some buckets as well along that side. And that's really what what Kimberly did is they just they made Marsh Valley earn every bucket they got and then were able to stop some others because of that same great defense. Yeah, I think Marsh Valley twice now has taught us the lesson that it is really hard to repeat as a state champion. We saw it in baseball. baseball uh, yeah. they, they won the championship two years ago and lost on a walk-off home run. I think it was to Weezer, Weezer or yeah. Fruitland. I can't remember uh, at state baseball last spring. And then in basketball, they come in as the defending champs and it, it's really hard to repeat. So when schools do it, really cherish it because it doesn't happen all the time. It's really not hard. easy. It is not easy because you got a target on your back. And the thing is when you're looking to repeat, everybody knows far more about you than you know about them. 
for, for the most part, you know, because they've been gunning for you. They've been looking for you and they've been watching you throughout the season to see, hey, how good is this team? Are they going to be back at state? Are they going to make a run for it? Um, and it is it's it's tough to repeat. And kudos to Kimberly, who just did a great job. Kimberly did not play even an average game in the tournament. Every game they played was to their skill set. It was to their game plan. And they looked good all three games. For sure. And so you had Marsh Valley and Snake River meeting up at state. I think a lot of people thought, oh, cool, championship. Well, third place game, but still uh, like the, let's see, twice in the regular season, I think twice at districts, fifth time that Marsh Valley and Snake River played this year. Marsh Valley won it 45 to 36. Uh, All tournament team for 3A uh, Marsh Valley and Snake River selections uh, look like this. Uh, on the first team, all-tournament team, you had Stanton Howell of Marsh Valley along with Cole Gilbert of Snake River. On the second team, all-tournament team, you had Peyton Howe and Carter Howell from Marsh Valley. And then on the honorable mention team, you had Marcus Coombs from Snake River, and you also had Christian Gordon from Sugar Salem. The Diggers were there representing District 6. They went two and out. In two very close games, you know, games that they uh, came down to the final minute to decide. And uh, so a lot of the three tournament, you know, this was it. The, the first two games of the tournament, uh, you know, Marshall against Bonners Ferry and uh, Kimberly against Fruitland, you know, it was a 20 point victory and it was more closer to 30 points, but ended up 20, uh, you know, at the end. And, and then a 15 point victory. After that, every single game we had in that tournament was not decided until the final minute. And several of them, about half of those were not defined determined until the final shot of the game. Yeah, I think I, I think either you at 3A or Wayne DeZubak at 5A had the best overall tournament in yeah, terms of like yeah. exciting action, Nicole. Yep. Sure. Well, and, I, and and the thing is, I give a lot of that credit to uh, to the seeding that we have now. You, you, you know, I thought the seeding really got it right. I mean, there's there's always going to be some blowouts no matter what. I mean, you look at, at a Lapway in 1A Division One. <laughs> you, you know, I mean – Everybody was, I mean, let's face it, as far as the fans go, everybody else was playing for second place, you know. Um, so you knew there were going to be some blowouts in, in that. But in the other tournaments, the seedings did well. Uh, uh, you know, otherwise you end up like we ended up in many, many years with best teams playing in the opening round. Your championship game being a first round game and then a 20, 30 point blowout in in the state championship. Yep, I agree. The best teams seem to be through girls and boys basketball getting to the semifinals, yeah. at least. And from there, coin flip, you know, you, you yeah. got to win that game to get to the championship. One team that got really close to the championship from East Idaho, but fell just short was Grace. And that was at the 1A D1 tournament in Lance. So we'll we'll pivot there. Now, that's the tournament that I was on the call for. Grace uh, had a blowout over Rimrock in the opening round, 61-35. And then they had this semifinal battle with Kamii. Uh, Kamii is a team from up north that wants to slow down the game. They want to milk the clock. They want to be right. extremely efficient on offense. And Grace gave them some problems in the opening half with that half-court trap defense that they like to run. Kamii turned it over a lot. Grace had a 10-point lead at halftime. But in the second half, Kamii started hitting some threes. Grace kind of went cold, and they end up losing 42-40. to 40. It was a really bizarre end of the game, Lance. Um, a player from Kamii got fouled, and it was the bonus. And so it should have been a one-in-one situation. Well, he shot his free throw and missed, and a kid from Kamii grabbed the rebound, but he was the only player to leave the blocks. And the officials blew the whistle and said, no, no, two shots, two shots. And so they they gave the kid from Kamii the second shot, and he made it. And then 
uh, Grace called the timeout. And in the timeout, they start talking and they talked for, you know, it felt like five minutes about yeah. this situation. And they came back and said, yeah, we incorrectly gave him a second free throw on on that foul attempt. It should have been a one and one. He yeah. missed the free throw and Kamii got the rebound. So we're going to give Kamii the ball under the basket. Grace had to foul again to send Kamii to the line again. Kamii yeah. makes one free th- one of two. And Grace has a really good chance. They they have to go the length of the floor in about four seconds, and they have a really good chance at the game time basket. Dallin Draper had a little shot in the key, and I swear it was halfway down, and then all of a sudden it just got rejected out. It was like it it was ha- it was in, and then it spun out. And- yeah, one of those that you look at and says everything about physics says that ball has to stay in the hole. <laughs> right. For whatever reason, it found its way out. Oh, it, it was it was just heartbreaking for Grace. I felt really yeah. bad for them because they had battled all game long. And you know, that was we we didn't get that matchup, right? We 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 saw Kamii play Lapway, you know, four times this year. And we we knew that Lapway was better, and we thought maybe Grace, maybe Grace is yeah. the one team that could push Lap, but we never got to find out. No, so. we didn't. I, I and you know, I picked Grace to go all the way to the championship game. Uh and and uh, yeah, it was unfortunately we didn't get to see that. I, I I did really feel that if there was anyone that in the state tournament that was going to have a chance to push Lapway, it was going to be Grace. And I didn't, you know, I wasn't picking necessarily Grace to win that. Uh, you know, I would never. I mean, this Lapway team was so good, you just don't pick against them. But as far as a team that could step up and possibly challenge them and make it interesting, that's what that's what we were looking for. Out of Grace. Yep. And and Grace rebounded and took third over Logos in the yeah. third place game. Um, in terms of the all tournament team, uh, here's who was represented for Grace. The sixth man award went to Peyton Reeves. He really played well for Grace off the bench. I thought four point seven points per game, three rebounds per game, one point seven assists per game as the sixth man for Grace. Ty Gilbert made the first team all tournament team. He was awesome. Yeah. Uh, he, he was fantastic for Grace. And yes, then a friend of mine. Yes. You know, for the first game, for the first half, I was calling him Tyler Gilbert for some reason. I don't even know why. It, it clearly said Ty Gilbert. Yeah, yeah. And so they were they were giving me some That's crap <laughs> the next night. And they said, you know what? We've been giving Ty flack for it all day, too. So don't worry. Don't feel too bad about it, <laughs> Tyler. Good, good. Um, so, yeah, Ty Gilbert made the first team, all-tournament team. And Payson Anderson made the honorable mention squad there. So that was Grace's tournament run. Let's move to uh, the 2A, where Westside came in as the number two seed overall. Um, and they got themselves to the semifinals. And I thought coming in, you know, this was going to be a tough bracket for them, having to play St. Mary's, the defending champs, in the semifinal round. And it proved to be that way. Westside ended up falling 59 to 50 in, in sort of a tight game. Now, how weird is this, Lance? St. Mary's beat Westside in the semis 59 to 50. And then they lost to Melba in the championship by the exact same score, 59 to 50. How weird is that? That is weird. That <laughs> so, is weird. And, it does and so, happen, though. Right? It does happen sometimes. And so, so you had the potential for an all-east final, but Westside lost to St. Mary's 59 to 50. And North Fremont, the number one overall seed, fell to Melba in the semifinals as well, 61 to 52. So you had North Fremont and Westside meeting up. And if you'll remember, Lance, uh, way back in the season opener, Westside beat North Fremont. Um, it was it was uh, a tight game. 
Uh, North Fremont won the third place game 63 to 50. And so for yeah. both, I really thought the final four for 2A flip a coin on any given night. You could have that's any right. combination of the four that got there. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, if it was a if it was a series instead of a single game, very well might end up different, you know, but. Yeah, so right. good showing for North Fremont and Westside and congrats to the Huskies for, for taking third. And then you had Bear Lake on the other side, uh, but, you know, Bear Lake lost to west side they had to play they had to play the pirates right, right away in the opening round at state i don't think either coach was thrilled about that but um they lost that game 40 to 28 they then beat firth firth went two and out east idaho had half the field here lance they had four of the eight teams so barely i, played I can't think of a time under scott adams uh of course he was winning championships in the other run before he took that two-year break but i can't think of a time they ever went two and out yeah, uh, that shows you how loaded that 2A field was this year. So Bear Lake beat Firth 52-45 in the loser out, and then they beat Ambrose as well, a really talented Ambrose team in the consolation final, 46-37. to So Bear Lake comes home with a trophy also. There was some really good 2A basketball in East Idaho this year. So let's take a look at the all-tournament selections for uh, the 2A ranks. On the first team, all-tournament team, Jordan Lenz from North Fremont and Bryler Shirtliff of Westside. Uh, both play totally different positions, but both put up very similar numbers. Uh, second team, all-tournament team, you had Tyler Bearsford and Taysen Neal from Bear Lake. And then on the honorable mention team, you had Burton Park from Firth, A.J. Hill and Max Palmer from North Fremont, and Blaze Brown from Westside. Nice. So... Of those four teams that got to state, North Fremont, Firth, Westside, and Bear Lake, I think you and I both agree that Bear Lake, with all those great underclassmen, uh, have the best chance of getting back there next year. All yeah. four could get there, but I think Bear Lake for sure. Yep, yep. Bear Lake's your, your odds on. Definitely. All right, and then finally, uh, at the 5A level, you had uh, some, I mean, some really close games, but in terms of uh, it was it was all Boise schools for the most part, except for Rigby. Rigby crashed the semifinal party as they knocked off Eagle in the first round. This opened a lot of eyebrows, Lance. It did. Uh, they they beat Eagle fifty four to fifty two, and then you know you thought coming in every single game in the first round was an upset, except number two Owyhee. You had number eight Centennial over number one Lake City, five Rigby over four Eagle, and then number six Meridian over number three Madison. I think if you asked a lot of fans which team from East Idaho was going to be in the semis, they'd tell you Madison, but it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. It was Rigby. That's right. I had a chance to talk to Jeff Sainer, uh, the coach of Meridian, uh, you know, before they went, when I got to Meridian on opening day uh, to Meridian High School where the 3A was held, uh, they were, I got there a couple hours early and they were, still practicing, you know, getting, getting ready. And I, I've known Jeff, we high jumped against each other in high school. And of course he went on and played for university of Washington, played basketball there and played for Boise state transferred over to Boise state after. And Jeff and I had a really good talk and, and, you know, it's about getting your team really peaking at the right time. Yeah. You, you know, and they, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they won that first game. Uh, I, I expected them to have a little bit better showing against rugby in the, in the uh, third place game, but, but, um, uh, you know, Jeff Sainer had his kids going. You got to remember they were coming off the state championship year too, uh, as well, but they were, uh, uh, of course they were down a seven footer. <laughs> it was a big part of that. Yeah, for sure. So, so we got to the semis and it was number five rugby against number eight centennial. And a lot of people thought Rigby's got a really good chance to get to the championship game. How crazy is this? Because Lake City, this big number one dog, got knocked out by number eight Centennial. But Centennial proved uh, that that they were pretty 
pretty good as an eight seed. They knocked off Rigby 61 to 53 to get to the championship where their Cinderella run fell a little short. Rigby yeah. won the third place game over Meridian, like you said, 80 to 69. I think Meridian was spent. They had just lost to Hawaii in double overtime in the semis yeah. the night before. And for Madison, you know, despite that opening round loss to Meridian, they rebound with a very tight win over Mountain View, 43-42, and then a tight win over Lake City in the consolation final, 55-51. So for Madison to beat Lake City and and get a trophy, I thought was a pretty good accomplishment. Yeah, and so, you know, you look at these two East Idaho teams, both from from District 5-6, you know, bring home the third place, bring home the consolation. You know, that's a a good showing. And and, and for Hawaii, correct me if I'm wrong on this, I think they're the first team to ever win a basketball state championship in their first year as a school. I think you're correct on that. I'm pretty sure. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's correct, which is incredible also. Oh, jeez. I mean, big, 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 yeah. Spoiler alert, they're, they're going to be back there. They're, they're yeah, 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 they're very, very, very tough. And, I mean, and they left the cupboard pretty bare for Rocky Mountain <laughs> when they opened up this year. Yeah, they sure did. Um all tournament team for 5A Barrett Wilson of Madison earned the sixth man award. Man, great sophomore. And uh just a very I mean, imagine him and Isaac Davis together because Isaac lived in in uh Rexburg for a period of time and then did his junior high years in Sugar Salem, you know. And so, you know, imagine a Barrett and a <laughs> Isaac Davis on the same roster. Yeah. Well, if some co- if some college coach was smart, he'd try to pair those two up. I think that's right. That's right. Barrett Wilson, 8.7 points per game, four rebounds per game, one assist per game off the bench for Madison. Uh, Carson Barber of Rigby and Logan Crane of Madison made the first team all-tournament team. Uh, Sam Coons from Rigby made the second team all-tournament team. And then on the honorable mentions, it was Isaac Wilson from Madison and Jacoby Jones from Rigby as well. So well-represented. Yep, very well-represented. All right, Lance. Well, before we duck out of here, I did want to talk state wrestling super quick because uh, between our live preview show um, and and girls basketball wrapping up, we didn't really have a chance to talk about what happened at state wrestling. And I mean, oh my goodness, what a, a battle in the two A team race. We we talked about you know Ryrie is this wrestling dynasty. I think they've won. Now six of the last seven or seven of the last eight. I can't remember. Very good. Very good. And and this one coming into the two A state wrestling meet, it was a foregone conclusion. New Plymouth is the best team. They've dominated everybody this year. They have two wrestlers going for the four time state champions club, Kyle Rice and Joel Campbell. And they thought both of those guys will get that, and and New Plymouth will roll. Well, Campbell. Campbell got knocked out in in his championship match, and he did not become another member of the four-time state champion club. It was crazy. He got knocked out kind of early in his wrestling match, which left the door cracked open for Ryrie. And so it came down to the heavyweights, and it came down to Gavin Harris from Ryrie. And he he didn't win by a a ton either. He only won his match four to three. But... When he won it, the entire arena erupted at Holt Arena, and we we have an image of it um, on IdahoSports.com. But it's Harris jumping into the arms of uh, of Ryrie's coach, and it's well, and it was the only match left. So every eye in that stadium was on that match. All the other ones had ended. <laughs> every eye in that stadium was on that match. So what a special experience! What a special experience! Oh, it, it was so awesome. And Ryrie won the team title 
uh, by one point over New Plymouth, 198 to 197. And they did that with just the one state champ as well, which is very impressive. Well, that shows you what it means to be, to be, you know, a team. And that's what we, that's what I always talk about when, when I talk about a program, you know, everybody has a team, not everybody has a program and uh, a program can win a state championship, even when only a single individual wins an individual title. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was one of the most thrilling finishes in wrestling I've, I've ever seen. Um, So congratulations to Ryrie, uh, two a state wrestling champs. Again, after a one year hiatus, their, their dynastic run has resumed. So it has, Hey, so, so, so I got to read you something very interesting. I I read yesterday. You might know this. You you were talking about how eerie that was that, you know, for St. Mary's to, to, to win their semifinal game and then lose the state championship game both by the exact same score. Right. But did you ever see the comparison between Joe Theismann and Alex Smith? Yes. The little, the side by side and how their yeah, legs the, broke. The, yeah. the, the, their injuries were both broke their right tibia and right mm-hmm. fibula. The mm-hmm. date was November 18th for both. Oh, uh, 1985, 2018, both were November 18th. Of course, both, both of them played for the Washington Redskins. The location of the game was in Washington, D.C. Each of those times. The ball on both of those scenarios was on the 39-yard line. Uh, the final score for both those games is 23-21. to 21, And it was caused, each one was caused by the reigning three-time defensive player of the year. Oh, uh, my gosh. Taylor won by J.J. Watt. And then the left tackle... Uh, for both games, the left Pro Bowl tackles, uh, Joe Jacoby and Trent Williams were both off the field due to injury uh, <laughs> during that point. Boy, talk about it. Talk about stars aligning. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's one of those. That's one of those. Uh, uh, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. One of those. Uh, uh, what what was that movie when I was Twilight Zone? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, holy wow. smokes, that's wild. I did not realize all that. Just thought I'd bring that up. There's just a little trivia just to to end this podcast. (laughs) Holy smokes. Wow. Uh, What what a way to finish. So, so Lance, uh, now that we are kind of through winter sports and spring sports is just getting going. I mean, in East Idaho, it snowed like three inches overnight. So spring sports is like, you know, thawing out still. Um, I thought it would be good. We kind of did this between uh, fall sports and winter sports. We kind of took a week off to decompress kind of step away, take a break, spring break, if you will. And, uh, and then we came back in two weeks and and hit it with, with the next sports coverage. So does that sound good to you? That works. Okay. So we'll take And hopefully we'll have some baseball games, you know, uh, coming up. I, I was joking, Brady Gardner, the coach of Sugar Salem, when he took over there as the coach, I said every year, at least three or four of the first five games are canceled because of right. Right. Says, instead of scheduling non-conference games during there, you just need to schedule a tournament down in like St. George or something like that. You can go down to then you at least get games in, you know, because yeah. Southeast Idaho is not favorable uh, to the early part of baseball and track season, but yeah. track you can still go in some bad weather. It's tough with baseball. All I can say is thank goodness. Madison has that indoor tennis facility now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So, so yeah, we'll take, we'll take a week off. We'll come back in two weeks and hopefully by then some spring sports stuff is uh, in the works, but otherwise, uh, thank you for tuning into this edition of the East Idaho prep cast brought to you by pure adrenaline motorsports, your source for pulse pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash your inner beast for Lance Taylor. I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you back here in two weeks on idahosports.com.